You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. He was here, not many, it was smaller last week uh, for Jacques' preach. He preached like a what if okay. preach. It will probably be uploaded this week, hey Sean, sometime, because I was a bit slack in uploading that from my side, but go and listen to that. It was so good. It's pretty much for me, it's like, what if everything that's written in the Bible is really true? Like, what if? I just thought if you could maybe close your eyes for a moment and... Now obviously it is true, what's written in the Bible, right? Just close your, mind, your eyes for a moment and just imagine these things. What if Jesus really is at the right hand of the Father? What if we are united with Jesus next to him and the Father? What if we have uninterrupted union with Jesus? What if we have a helper, the Holy Spirit, who has made his home inside of us? What if we can be radical lovers of Jesus? What if we are called to a life where we will do greater Miracles than what Jesus did. You can open your eyes. But like, honestly, how? Like, how do you live a life like that? Right? Does that is that real for you? Or you, is it just a disconnect? How practically do you live a life like that? We're so busy. You know, you might say like, well, you know, I love Jesus, but mm, like, Greater miracles? Like, I'm hardly seeing any miracles. And I think for me, I'm fairly comfortable. I don't know all of you that are here today, but I'm fairly comfortable that most of you, if not all of you, are people who really love Jesus and want a deeper, passionate um, relationship and life with Him. And I think some of us here are finding a more uninterrupted life with Jesus. And some of us, feel like it's a bit of a stop-start life with Jesus. I think you could, all of us could agree with one of those two, two areas. But the good news is, the truth is, that we all have access to a deeper, more wonderful, wider relationship with Him. No matter how far or how close you feel at the moment. So this preach is for us all today. It's for me. I preach to myself today. Because I'm learning to enjoy a more uninterrupted life with Jesus over the last while. And it really is beautiful and it's undoing me in such an amazing way. And so what I wanted to do today is that I wanted to propose a few thoughts. Just to break off that mindset of that that kind of life is too challenging or it's too far away or it's for the few just a few, what's for those that are in ministry, you know, a few weeks ago I spoke about Brother Lawrence, you know, it's like for those Brother Lawrence types, you know, and the thing is that love is not a task, is it? Love is a delight. And so the title of my preach today, I wanted to call it, You Cannot Escape His Presence, or You Cannot Escape His Love. And as I told Kirsty that I was preaching on that as my, as my title. She belted out into, 
Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> and so we can run and we can hide, but his love is constant, isn't it? It's everywhere and it's chasing us down. And I think when, when that drops that 18 inches, like the 18 inch journey retreat, when it drops that 18 inches from head to heart, it changes everything. It changes everything and how we live in our everyday moments. And I wanted to read from Psalm 139 what David says. I'll read from the Amplified here. We do quotes other than the Passion sometimes. Um, David's saying, from his deep heart conviction, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, in brackets, the netherworld, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. David's like, where can I go? I can't escape this God of ours. Saying it not in a bad way, he's saying it in a way with awe and wonder at this thought that he can't escape this loving father. Because just after that, he goes and explains how he sees this, this father and how involved he is in our lives. Jumping on to verse 13. For you formed me in my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed, in brackets, as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Isn't that beautiful? And omnipotent and all-powerful, omnipresent, loving Father that intricately and skillfully formed each one of you can't hide himself from you. He won't hide himself from you. Isn't that beautiful? I think following on from Jacques' what if preach, what if God really is omnipresent everywhere here. I just had a picture earlier in worship of like this house being filled with water. It's like once if you're in here and this is all sealed off and you are in this house, how do you escape that water? You know what I mean? That's like, that's the omnipresent nature of God. And um, I, I looked up omnipresent. The, the, the second definition was of God present everywhere at the same time. And the second one, uh, sorry, the first one before that was widely or constantly encountered. Wow. Don't you love that? That he's a God who has positioned himself for us to constantly encounter him. Yes. Beautiful. And I think that's when, when our revelation is that if I'm here, there he is. If I'm over here, there he is. It affects everything. It affects how we live in every single situation of our lives. And I think it breaks the old age paradigm that's so very hard to break, even after we are saved, that there is a separation between God and man. Closeness when I'm good. Distance when I'm not good. Closeness when I set aside time for him. 
and distance when I haven't set aside time for him. And so David knew the omnipresent nature of God. He knew how to worship in the presence, in the love of God. But he was even under the old covenant. Even under that space, he knew that, that presence. He still had laws to keep. He still had sacrifices to make. And there was still separa- separation. He was living in, in that glory that he experienced. He was still living in a shadow of what we get to experience now which is the new covenant that God made between heaven and man, the gospel. And that gospel undoes separation completely. It undoes it. It gives us uninterrupted union with Jesus, unmerited favor and acceptance from this amazing Father. You just accept it. Just because. Not just because you, just because of what Jesus did. And not, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. All because of what Jesus did. And so for us, compared to David, how much more should we echo, where can I run? Where can I hide from your presence, right? You cannot escape him. And friends, before you say by default, yeah, I understand that, you know. Yeah, we've, we've heard these things, you know, by default, tick, we've got that. I just want to really challenge us. I want us to stop. I want us to, like, take a moment, open your hearts, humble ourselves, be inquisitive, be full of wonder, in the way we approach the Father now. And let's just stop and say, Jesus, won't you make the reality of what you did on the cross my full reality? Because, friends, there's a difference between having a measure of understanding or even a familiarity with the truth and really living in the fullness of this reality, isn't there? And none of us are living in the fullness of this reality. We read in the Word, it says, we experience in part now one day we'll experience in full. So we are all growing, and we will never stop growing in this wonderful love relationship with Jesus. I just wanted to highlight that it's not something to master or have under our belts. It's not an achievement. It's not something, oh, I've got it. You know? It's a, our salvation is all done, yes. From that point of view, it's all complete. But post-salvation... The righteousness that Jesus has given to us that makes us right before the Father, post that, now we get to open up the gifts of salvation. Okay, Every day we get to open up these gifts, gifts for today, which is an ever-increasing measure of this experience of the love of the Father and an increasing measure of His presence. And so a few weeks ago I preached on practicing the presence of God from Brother Lawrence's book, Um, This is just a different take on that, right? But the emphasis on the fact that he is all around us. So that's what I'm wanting to emphasize today. And that because of that, we have very easy access to him because he's all around us. Now, some people think you have to find him first. Like, where is he? And it almost sounds quite spiritual. It's like you're seeking out God like it's a treasure hunt. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Hey? You preached on that. Okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> but like, where, where is he? And then you find him. Oh, I find him. Now I can worship him. And there's a very subtle difference in approach between those two things, right? Because we all know we have access to his presence, right? I don't think anyone here would say, no, we don't know we've got access to his presence. But if your, your mindset is, let me go and find him, it's far off language, Right? 
versus he's found me, he's right here all around me. That's close language. And so I know it sounds subtle, but far-off language keeps us from experiencing his presence all the time. It implies when I have time, when I have energy, then I'll make some time. I'll set aside time to find his presence. You know, yes, I know I've got access to it, but there is delay. You know, he eludes you, and because you don't have, you never, you don't make that time. You don't get to experience his presence, and so you just have these pockets of enjoying him, only in certain moments, like a moment like this could be. This might be your first real encounter this morning during worship for the week. I don't know. But he's closer than my next breath. Language spills over to regular encounters with Jesus, right? And it implies that kind of language that there's no delay. I don't need to look for extra energy to push in to find his presence. It doesn't make me, put me in a position where I need to set aside special time to spend with him. Although it does spill over into me making special time with him, doesn't it? Because why? Lovers get done more than what workers do. Because we respond with passion. It allows us to respond the way Brother Lawrence responded. And I'll I'll say it again. He was an ordinary guy with a mind that wondered. I I, I read that one section a, a couple of weeks ago. It says of when he, the moments where he stepped out of God's presence, when outward business diverted him um, a little from the thought of God, a fresh remembrance coming from God invested his soul and so inflamed and transported him that it was difficult for him to contain himself. (laughs) Just a fresh reminder of the gospel, a thought from God, so transported him, such incredible enjoyment and um, of Jesus, that he had to try and withhold himself, contain himself. Isn't that amazing? Friends, he's just a thought away. He's just a thought away. Now, I've been practicing this way of thinking for a little while now, and basically just that an awareness that he's right here, that I can't escape his presence. And it's transformed the way I... Um, the way I'm living, because I didn't used to uh, respond to the Lord like that. I would need to go and find Him, and it's it's completely transforming me. And you know, life is is pretty busy at the moment, and I'll be driving uh, to a meeting in the car, or maybe there's other moments where I'm just a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of tasks that have to get done for the day, or somebody hurts your feelings in the day, and literally, practically, what I do is literally just stop for a moment and physically visualize like, oh, Father, I don't have to find you somewhere from heaven to pull down. Just practically, visually imagine. It's not like, not imagine it's something weird. No, it's truth. He's all around me and I physically visualize. I just want to say that as a practical tool of saying like, actually, Father, no, you're right here. I can feel your presence right here tangibly because I'm underwater. We're drowning in his love, right? And we feel grace wash over you and energize you and just lift you up. And nothing's changed on the external, 
but everything's changed in the internal because you've acknowledged his presence. Friends, what Brother Lawrence experienced by being overtaken by passionate love, or what a Heidi Baker experiences with signs, wonders, miracles, is not for the few. It's not for the select few. It's for every single one of us. It's not reserved for those that are in ministry, you know, but I've got a real job and it's very demanding. And so therefore, I don't have that kind of time to invest to get to that sort of a space because that's like a bit of a, a higher climb, right? That's how we can sometimes think. It's reserved for those few. But we need to break that lie. We need to raise our expectations. Can we raise our expectations? We don't need to try harder. All we need to do is change our mindset to agree with the truth of the gospel and to allow the gospel, the truth of that gospel, to renew and to transform our minds. Transform us from a belief that he's far off to a belief that he's right here, so close to us. Um, last weekend, for those of you here, we were hosting my cousin from um, America, Greg, Greg Morty. A lot of you know him. And um, we were sitting around the, the table there and He's an adventurer and he was telling us about like, so like, what's the next thing on, on the cards, you know? And he was saying, no, he wants to complete the last of his, there's a seven, a seven summits project that he's working on, right? So these are the seven summits. He's done Everest being the biggest of them. He's done all of them else. The only one that is missing is Denali in Alaska, right? So he's talking about that and I'm like, oh yeah, I like, that sounds great, you know? Like, you hear these things, you know, he's, he's done these things, and like you, you, you see pictures like that, and, you know, how easy does that look? You know, standing at the top of the mountain with your flag, it looks amazing. And so I'm like, oh, you know, actually, I really love, because he's like, I'd love to do an adventure like that, you know? That sounds great, you know, in, in that moment. And um, then he starts to describe, you know, he's a very humble guy, very subtle. Like, he doesn't say, like, oh, it was so hard. He's like, he just very subtly starts to tell us things. And then he like shows me a picture on his phone where he's training for Denali. This is last thing, you know? And, that's like, and that wasn't the worst. The other ones are just like icicles falling off of his face. And then he's like, yeah, I know. It gets to like minus, minus 40 degrees wind chill. Like can take it up to minus 50. I mean, I looked up freeze blasting. You freeze blast. You know these freeze blasters? In those kind of temperatures, right? Um, and then he's like, you know, what kind of equipment, etc. Then he starts to show us, yeah, he got a bit of frostbite. And he's got a picture. I'm not going to show that. I'm very kind. No, no, I'm not. No. Of his big toe that is completely black because he got frostbite, nail falling off. And, you know, and like, did you go to the doctor? No, no, I just, you know, it slowly rotted off and fell off, etc. And then he shows us his, his, his top of his, of, his, of his toe. Then he shows us the side of his of his finger that he's lost to frostbite, you know? It's like a little bit of his finger going there. And they're like, okay, maybe this is a little bit, you know? This is a little bit too hardcore for me, you know? And I think, um, you know, sometimes we can hear things that people are experiencing with Jesus, and it sounds so good, you know? Or what the Word of God says we have access to, and we look 
like I do at Greg, with like such like awe and admiration and like, wow, you know, great admiration. But like, I could never do that, you know. I could never do that. And, you know, maybe I could handle a Drakensberg hike, you know. And maybe sometimes it's like, oh, maybe I can handle prayer meeting, you know. <laughs> but we, we settle for a lesser glory. Yeah. And we don't have to settle for a lesser glory, do we? Because we were called to live from glory to glory. And so maybe you at the moment are running around so busy with life and work that you hardly give him a second thought during the week. Um, and that makes you feel like you're not close to him. It's just a feeling. Maybe you think you should have some close, intimate time with him so that you can warm up before you are in a position where you can pray for a miracle to happen. Right? But what that does is it translates to a life of seesawing. You seesaw. God moments, everyday moments, disconnect. No momentum. I'm close to him. I'm far from him. Stop, start, and you don't have any momentum. But when we know that we cannot escape his presence, that there is, he's here no matter what, no matter what the time of day, no matter what the season, there's no more stop and start, is there? His presence is on tap, permanently, permanently. And it's the end of the seesaw life. And that's my prayer for us, that we wouldn't have these seesaw lives as a community. And in that place, passionate love can grow stronger and stronger. And we can move from glory to glory. Because why? There's no disconnect. And so I wanted to ask, like, how do you see finding the presence of the Father? What's your perspective? You know you can find him. You know you can. You're allowed to find him. But he's elusive. He's hiding behind a tree in a garden. You'll find him if you persevere long enough. Or he's the one seeking us out in the garden. And that we are eluding him with our busyness, with our wrong thinking. So the good news is that God called out for Adam in the garden, not the other way around. God called out for Adam. And the other good news is that nothing has changed in the last 2,000 years. God has not stopped calling out your name. He's not stopped calling you out of your hiding place. Because what separated us from his presence? It was sin, right? Adam sinned, and there was disconnection. Um, Romans 5 verse 18 in other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, through Adam, so through the righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners, and so also one man's obedience, Christ, opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to Him. Once you have received that gift of salvation, how do you escape it? How do you escape Jesus? I looked up escape as well, the noun um, is to elude or get free from. How do you elude Him? How do you escape Jesus? And the second one was an act of breaking free from control. Friends, we used to be controlled by sin. Romans tells us that we were in sin's grip. 
and therefore separated from, from, uh, from God. Romans um, 5 verse 17, the scripture just before the one I read, it says, death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But how much more are we held by the grip of grace and continue reigning, in, in, reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in this one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Now we are in the grip of grace. That is who we are controlled by. You know, we are owned by Jesus. He has bought us. Other parts here talks about like that we are now slaves to righteousness. We are in, we are slaves to that. You cannot escape. But it's a good place to be. Romans 8, uh, 38. How could we escape this? It says, who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death, threat, death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Mm. Nothing can separate us. It goes on to say, no, for they are all impotent to hinder, in other words, powerless to hinder omnipotent love. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Another um, definition of escape is a form of temporary distraction from reality, which I also really loved. Because when our minds wander from Jesus and we get bogged down with life's troubles and we feel far from him, you know, that almost the temporary distraction, that's the temporary distraction from reality, from our, from our true reality. And when we finally, when we come back to our senses, our true reality, to get to that place, it's not an arduous task. It's just a thought away. And so, friends, I want us to think about this. How do we escape unity with Jesus? You know, I think uh, last year I did a bit of an um, illustration in, in a sermon where I took red water and blue water and I mixed them together, explaining our union with Jesus, and it makes purple. Once those two are mixed together, the, how do you separate? How do you pull out red? How do you pull out blue? You can't. It's, it's unified. You can't escape that. Once mixed, once unified, you cannot separate them. And there's no separation between us and Jesus ever. Jesus was the Father's plan to bring us back to his plan A, which was relationship with him. We were designed for intimate connection. Okay? Now, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I often uh, do my thoughts on that when I'm running. I go for a run and I just do voice to text. And so on notes, I just have voice to text. And as I said that, that we designed for intimate connection, I look down as I'm running and it says, you were designed for internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so I, I, like, I love that. So I thought, actually, I'm going to run with that, you know, that actually, like Jesus paid the ultimate price for this internet connection <laughs> between the, us and the Father in heaven. 
and not some lame dial-up connection, <laughs> right? Not an on-off stop-start connection, an indestructible permanent connection. Permanently up, online all the time. Not like, oh boy, I better go buy some data. I better go pay my dues so that I can have connection with him again. That's how we sometimes think, right? Who has Netflix here? A few. How frustrating is it when you're trying to watch a movie and you get buffering? Thing, and now it stops start. Kirsty immediately makes me, if it, or if the picture starts to downgrade because it's trying to, you know, it's trying to get through, but it downgrades and it becomes all blurry. Um, Kirsty's like, stop, go reboot the router, you know. But how frustrating is it in our day-to-day -day life when we feel, when we numb ourselves from Jesus and we feel that disconnect? When we feel a disconnect from that flow of grace from heaven, how frustrating is that? It's like a bad internet connection. You know, things just don't work so well when we're buffering through life. Things start to get a little bit blurry, right? And there's this, it just doesn't work so well. And I think when we've bought into the lie that a radical lover of Jesus' life, a life that is filled with signs, wonders, and miracles, is for the selected few, things just don't work so well. If you're going through life at the moment and you're frustrated, on any level, I can guarantee you there's a measure of buffering where you're not feeling completely connected and in the presence of the Father. And that's our inheritance, what we get back to get to come back to. So to come back to what if, Jacques' sermon, what if this isn't just for a selected few? What if I get to take this Intimate connection, not internet connection, to work. Do you think I can expect, expect heaven to break out at work? What happens if I get to take this pipeline, permanent connection of intimacy with the Father into my family? Do you think I can have an expectation for heaven to break out within my family? Or my friends, or my finances, or whatever. He's always, when you're running, when you're making dinner, whatever you're doing. It's like, oh, the joys of permanent connection, right? Once you've tasted fiber, could you ever go back to dial-up? <laughs> For those that are old enough, that <laughs> dial-up, wait for a minute, three minutes, okay, great. Now I've got something, little bits, little bits of, of, of what's, you know, coming through the, the pipeline. Oh, and I just, when I think of like, I'm like, in response to that, oh, the joys of permanent union with Jesus. Like once you've tasted his grace, once you've tasted, not a philosophy, once you've tasted union with him, when you've tasted and tangibly experienced the love of our incredible Savior and the grace that flows into your life, once you've tasted that, how could you go back to a life of separation, trying to make your way through the week with a disconnect? Even moments of, once you've tasted, like with, like with if you're now used to fast internet 
and you're trying to work, and it's stop, start, stop, start. Most of you can probably identify with that now. It's like nothing works. If there's broken union between you and your relationship with the Father, nothing seems to work right in your life. And the exhortation this morning is that you're not alone. You're not alone, and you never will be alone. And so we don't have to put up with that disconnection, not even for a moment. Because why? He's just a thought away. Like Brother Lawrence, you're there. You're all around me, and I get to experience that amazing, intimate connection. Could, could we stand? I just want to read a scripture from John 14 that reminds us that we're not alone. And think of this like, what if this is totally true? Close your eyes for a moment, possibly. John 14, verse 15, or verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, just like me, and He will never leave you. The world won't receive Him because they can't see Him or know him but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside of you and father I just pray that you would make that so real for every single one of us in this room this morning the other Savior the Holy Spirit that you sent to be with us that is just like you that is your presence that he would make his home in us father I pray that you would make that real I pray that that even now Holy Spirit you would just manifest yourself on every single person in this room you've made your home inside of them You've made your home inside of me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just drop that revelation, that understanding that you live in our hearts, that you never leave us, that we're never alone, that we never have to go through the troubles of life alone, but that you represent Jesus. The one who says we will have troubles, yes, but Take courage because I have overcome. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just make the reality of the grace that you re release into our lives, the energy from heaven, the presence of the Father that just helps us within every situation that could come up. I pray that you would make that real. Father, you said we, would know, we know in part now one day we'll know in full. I pray that that part would increase. Father, I pray right now that you would just bring just moments of, of difficulty to every heart here. Just moments of difficulty that you've experienced this week. Father, I pray that you would just bring those to mind where things went really badly and life was tough. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would show each heart 
as they remember those moments where you were. Just show them where you were, Jesus, in that moment. And Father, I pray for this coming week that those won't be repeated, that we wouldn't be so slow to learn, Father God, but that we would just fall back into your grace, fall back into your presence in the hard times, in the good times, in every moment, Father, that we would fall back into your grace and allow you to just work through our lives and energize us, Father. Father, seal this moment in every heart. I pray that you would seal this moment, seal this revelation that I don't have to go looking for you. Seal this revelation that you're not so far off. When things feel terrible, you're not so far off. You're right there. You're a thought away. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, for revelation of that right now and for that to be sealed in, that that seed could start to bear fruit. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.